Welcome back to The Fleet. I'm your host, Albert Chow. Today, we are doing something a little different and deviating from our regularly scheduled programming. It's the holidays, the show has been live for two months, and we wanted to reshare one of our favorite episodes so far. Today, you'll hear from Michael Crabb, a lieutenant of the Orange County Sheriff's Office. Mike has been with the Orange County Sheriff's Office for over 30 years, but it wasn't until the last few years that he began implementing technology to help his officers avoid the same distractions their civilian counterparts do. In this episode, Mike shares his experiences implementing new systems of safety management with his officers, some of the shocking things he realized about his own driving habits after doing so, and the results he and his office are now seeing after widespread adoption. And remember, the holidays are a great time to catch up on some of the old episodes you might have missed. We hope you have a happy and safe holiday, and we'll be back next week with a brand new episode to kick off the new year. The fleet is brought to you by our friends at Linux. Whether you manage a fleet of five vehicles or 5,000, Linux is here to help. Linux fleet dash cams are powered by best-in-class machine vision and artificial intelligence, designed to help commercial fleets and drivers operate more safely, efficiently, and profitably with the industry's most comprehensive and customizable fleet management platform. Go to linux.com slash the fleet to learn more today. That's L-Y-T-X dot com slash the fleet. Welcome back, everybody. Today on the fleet, we have with us Officer Michael Crabb. He is the lieutenant in charge of traffic in Orange County, Florida, which is Orlando. Is that right? That is Orlando. Yes. The city, Orange County. Mike, welcome to the show where we talk everything about fleet operations, traffic safety and the future of transportation. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Mike, so you've been with Orange County for quite some time. How many years have you been there? I've been with them for 25 years and um, just actually, coincidentally enough, before this interview, got assigned to the traffic enforcement section. So uh, prior to that, I um, had uh, several years in patrol, uh, was in charge of, a, of the Orange County Com- Convention Center, which is the second largest in, uh, in the United States, and, uh, and quite a few years in the juvenile enforcement program as well. Gotcha. So over the 25 years, you've seen quite a bit. Um, fun fact, I myself used to live in Orlando and I used to describe this to people that uh, didn't, wasn't familiar, weren't familiar with the area. And I'd love to hear your opinion on my perspective, but I viewed Orange County as one of the more dangerous places to drive. Not because people are bad at driving, but because it's just a mix, right? You have internationals who maybe aren't familiar, right? You have tourists who look at, there's a lot of great billboards and signage, right? We have an older population that tends to drive, I would say, slower than the flow of traffic. And unfortunately for myself, I moved to Orlando right after the Fast and the Furious had debuted. I felt like everyone, the younger population was tricking out cars, racing them up and down I-4. So you have this They nice still are, mix. by the way. <laughs> so you have this massive mixing bowl of international people that don't know where they're going, um, or maybe they're not even used to driving on the right side of the road. You got an older population driving slower. You got the younger drive generation driving faster. And then you have the tourists that come in and they don't really know where they're going. They're distracted by road signs. Is that true? <laughs> you did an exact description of Orange County, except I want to add a few, a few things to that. So maybe some, some people might, might get this. So when you travel, all right, so put yourself in, you're the tourist. So you're out of your hometown and you're wherever driving around. Now, GPS has helped a little bit, but still right. you're driving around and you're like, oh crap, 
I'm supposed to go right there. So what do you do? You make a U-turn. You make a right turn, a left turn. You go from the right lane all the way to the left lane, whatever it is, because it's not your town. You don't care. You just got trying to get where you need to go, right? So multiply that times 64 million people a year that come to Orlando, and that's what we have. The largest rental fleet in the entire country, maybe even the entire world, and they are going where they want to go. And I get it. I've done the same thing when I'm out of town. So, so we want to add that. The other part is we're, we're listed as one of the most dangerous places for pedestrians also. Now, part of that is correct and part of it is incorrect. The part that's incorrect is that they don't count our 64 million visitors, uh, nearly mm. 7 million now. So when they do it by a ratio of population, we're actually a little lower on the list. We're a little safer than what we actually come across to be. Um, but with, with the exact combination that you listed, um, unfortunately, we have a lot. Uh, my job's busy in traffic enforcement. We'll just put it that way. No doubt. And so one of the things we always think about in you know, this show, we interview a lot of people that operate fleets in business. And then for yourself here, you're operating a fleet to protect the county. One of the things we always ask people is, you know, how is technology, how is the evolution of the driver? What is happening to the driver over these years? Because you kind of mentioned it, right? Like I remember going to Orlando when I was a kid and my mom and dad had roadmaps and like they were really hard to read. So I remember my mom and dad kind of like pulling over, right? They would pull over and like yeah. check to see like, where am I going? Now people are, I think are thumbing their phones. I know for a while, traffic incidences were falling. I think the insurance companies were demonstrating that they were falling. But then with the rise of the touchscreen cell phone that they've started climbing back up, I'd love to hear your perspective on what you've seen and observed like at a macro level over the, over the course of your time there. We've seen the same thing. So the introduction, so let's just, let's just start with the introduction of cell phones. So the introduction of cell phones is what really started it. And it was worse, I think, partially worse. And the reason partially, I say partially, is because the technology wasn't quite there. So there's limited applications or limited apps and limited things you can do with the phone. But you remember the days when you had to text and you had to push like three numbers to get the R. And so, so the texting was more engaging. So it started there. And then when touch, touchscreen came in, all the apps that are available, significant increase in distracted driving. And added to that, even if you don't take the phone, take the technology that's available in cars today. Uh, with touchscreen, everything, uh, you know, the center screen controls everything now. So if I want to, if I'm in my SUV and I want to turn the rear air conditioner on, I got to go through four screens to get to the rear climate control to hit the rear button so my passengers can control their own. And now that doesn't, doesn't seem like a big deal, but if you're doing 80, 70, 80 miles an hour, you've covered quite a bit of ground distracted trying to turn the rear AC on. So don't blame it all on phones, but we, uh, but I've seen a significant increase since that technology has, has gotten as good as it is. I mean, that's a good point because my newest, the, I bought a car recently, well, t- recently, 20, 2014, it has a touchscreen center console, which was my first time having one. Prior to that, all my cars had had tactile, like if I wanted to hit the AC, I had a tactile thing to touch. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I could literally yeah. reach. You could down. almost do it without looking. I could do it without looking easily. Yeah. I'd be like, I know I flip it all the way to my left. It's cool. Flip it all in right. It's hot. It was easy. Now you are correct. I have to actually take my eyes off the road, fumble around a little bit. And I've noticed, I think Tesla gets like the best ratings because like its screen is super responsive. The model I have, the car, it's not that responsive. Like I push it and I'm like looking like what is, what is happening? Right, right. So you're seeing that happen. And we like that though. I mean, the technology is good. I get it. I just, I just think that it does contribute a small amount, a small amount to distraction and any amount of distraction when you're driving a four or 5,000 pound or a God forbid, an eight or 9,000 pound truck, 
you know, any bit of distraction is dangerous. It takes your eyes off the road and focus on what you're doing. So what about actual driver? Like, because obviously when you pull someone over or an accident has occurred, you have to, you, you do talk to them. This is more anecdotal than factual, but what are about perceptions? Do drivers think they're doing something wrong when they do this now? Like, you know, let's say post-accident, you come up and talk to them. Do they think like, oh, I was doing something wrong or they think, yeah, I was just driving, it was fine? Lucky for us, we don't work accidents. But um, so we, so for my traffic enforcement folks and uh, just my short time that I've been there, I've been engaged with those guys and out helping to work on those guys. I mean, it kind of runs the gamut a little bit. Okay, so sometimes you pull them over like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. You're right, I was, I was on my phone. I shouldn't have been. We're getting more of this. We stopped somebody last week and literally they're all over the road. We're like, so I'm in charge of DUI also. So we're thinking it's early in the morning. So we're thinking, wow, this guy, this person's really been partying all night. And then <laughs> the all nighter and we're getting the morning DUI, right? So, you know, you're trashed if that's happening. So we're, we're following, we're getting, we're getting our cues for, for DUI. And so we pull up next to them and they are literally watching a movie. Or TV show. I'm not sure. What, I, don't, I don't know what it was. So we pull them over. We realize they're not DUI. And younger person, but they were so justified in their mind that they couldn't finish the show last night before they had to go to bed because they had to get up early. And I have to finish this before I get to work because my, my coworkers are going to talk about this. And I have to be prepared for this. And that was more important. Now, once again, just happened last week, the craziest thing. And I'm pretty sure I just looked at him like, are you serious? So I had the conversation about how fast a car goes and, and I can't do the math in my head as far as how far it covers, you know, going 60 miles an hour. But I was like, you covered a lot of area and you realize you took three lanes to do it because one time you were halfway in the left lane, one time you were halfway in the right lane. And they're like, yeah, yeah, but there was no cars in there. It was fine. I had to get the show finished. I was just, I was in amazement. So with that said, I think we're probably run, um, you know, where most people realize they shouldn't be doing it. But I am seeing more as this technology is getting better and better that we're getting some of those attitudes like the, the latter that I just described. You see that in the citizen population. But what about in the incoming officers in your division? So this is where it gets interesting, right? So you're not only in charge of the citizen safety, right? But you're also in charge of your own officers, the fleet that you guys operate here in Orange County. You got to make sure your officers are doing the right things. Are you starting to see a shift in the office, like especially someone new, let's say? Are they like more apt to be like, I guess, easily distracted? Like they're more willing to be distracted or have, have you, you kind of get that out in training? This is a little bit longer conversation because I, I, I want to talk about what got us into, into drive cams a little bit. But yeah, the newer deputies that are come on, coming on board are all in with seatbelts, right? So they're good with seatbelts. My deputies that are been here 12 years-ish or longer Definitely a fight with seatbelts because really? when we trained, which was me, that was me also. So when I was trained, we were trained to never wear the seatbelt. So it's not that they don't like it. And in most cases, they're probably wearing their seatbelt in their personal car and forcing their family to wear their seatbelts. But it's kind of ingrained in our head that this is an officer safety issue. Like if you ever have to get out of the car, you can't have your seatbelt on, you're going to get killed. Right. So, and obviously that's a worst case scenario where you you know, so gunman's chasing you or something, whatever. You pull up and they start shooting at you. You need to bail out of the car. We have some of those scenarios, but the statistics clearly show that we're safer wearing our seatbelt or because there's more officers and deputies killed in the line of duty from car crashes than uh, aggravated batteries with edged weapons or firearms. Wow. 
So it definitely has an impact. It took me 18 months to turn that corner on my older experienced crowd. My younger folks, seatbelts, seatbelts just weren't a problem. My younger folks, phones were a problem. I mean, we had to deal with, um, with put your phone down. Uh, you know, every time you hear it ding, you don't have to pick it up. And then remember, the other part that's really important for our profession, and it's really first responders as well. So our FD, our FD folks are, are partially here, but not as bad as us, because FD guys have two folks in the front. The fire department guy has a lieutenant sitting in the front passenger seat that is dealing with the computer and all those, and the, the driver only has to deal with driving. Remember, we're solo. We're here. Now, there are, there are agencies that have partners that can help with that, but our agency is, is nearly completely solo. So the deputy has to listen to the call has to take the call, has to, um, has a computer screen. So they have to deal with distractions of traffic, the radio, the call itself. There's just a ton of stuff that's inherently built in with that. So one of the things that you're in charge of, of course, is the actual safety of your own team members, right? And one of the things, I mean, obviously we got here, the show is sponsored by Lytics, is that you installed some of the Lytics security features or safety features inside of your fleet of vehicles for your officers. Tell me what it was like doing that and what, what were some of the things that you noticed after these technologies were installed for you? Like what benefits did you gain? Here's what happened. We had a series of crashes, deputy involved crashes. Um, and we had, we had three in a row. I was a lieutenant at that time as well in charge of, of a platoon and uh, of patrol deputies. So these are the guys that work 24 seven. I had 90 of them under my command and I had a captain. We were having some concerns about some of this stuff and we were, and mm-hmm. our focus was distracted driving. We were worried about cell phones. We had all these young kids coming in and we're, we were worried about cell phones. So it was, we were kind of already talking about it, which was kind of an odd thing for two older guys who've been around for a while, but we thought it was an issue. And then we had three crashes in a row. All three of those deputies should be dead. Wow. So these are high-speed incidences? High-speed. They were running code three, lights and sirens, um, and just a really horrific crashes that uh, they were injured. Uh, but they're all three back to duty. Should have been worse. Two of them we have video on from intersection cameras. Mm-hmm. So we started doing some research. We, we created a safety committee, started doing some research. And uh, the captain, uh, Jeff Stonebreaker, who's now retired, but a great guy, uh, he and I were on the safety committee for the technology side, and and Lytics DriveCam is one of the items that we came up with to to look at. And Lytics agreed to give us a few devices. I put them in with my deputies, and pretty shocked at the results, to be honest with you. So yeah, let's walk through that process, though. So first things first, right? You're noticing some incidents. These three in a row, particularly, it seems like really got your attention here. But for our audience, what is a code three? You mentioned code three. That's the highest priority call. So we're going with lights and sirens um, as fast as we safely can get to the call. We're trying to get to the call faster than, as fast as we can. Gotcha. And when you did your research, what was the cause of, for the incidents for those three? We don't have video inside the car. So that was prior to, to drive cam. So uh, two of them were inexperienced driving. So they were driving a little past their skill level. Yeah. Their skill level. So mm-hmm. So a little too fast. Rain was involved in one of them. Uh, Rain and the witnesses said she started to slide and she lost control. But the reason, one of the reasons she lost control is because she was going too fast. Gotcha. The other one, same thing, just a, just a skill level issue. The third one, we were trying to chase a bad guy. He had just done a shooting. We were trying to, we weren't in pursuit yet, but we were trying to catch up to the car to figure out. We thought we were like 90% sure this was the car. 
And that deputy was so zoned in on getting that car that he never saw the light turn red. So mm. he, he unfortunately ran the red light and got T-boned. But both cars were going really fast. So that crash was caught by the, the intersection camera. And it was, a, it was horrific. It was a horrific impact. Um, he never saw the impact coming. He never saw the red light. In a training term, we call an OODA loop. So that's where you get stuck in this loop where the call is hot. Um, we have a possibility of catching a bad guy that just did a shooting. And my sole focus is to put this bad guy in jail. Right. We call it a noodle loop. So you get stuck in this loop where you're just looping, looping. All right, there's the taillights. I got to get them. I got to get them. I got to get them. And sometimes you oodle loop too much and you lose. Uh, you, uh, technically, it's a distraction. Uh, it's really, it really falls under distracted driving. Yeah. It's a very technical part of our training. But, um, and that's what happened. He just got into a noodle loop of catching this, this bad guy, uh, which is a great thing that they're motivated to put bad people in jail, but uh, just missed the whole red light. Yeah. And, you know, from my perspective, totally support which, what every officer has to do. And I get it. It's a, it's a dangerous field. And sometimes, you know, things are going to happen. Like that's the reality, right? You guys are doing dangerous things. The question I have no for doubt. you is, you know, when you, you, so you saw this happening, you saw these, in, these three incidences in particular, you mentioned before, this is the hardest thing you've ever done. I want to understand the train of thought in your mind. You're like, all right, I want to give these a try, right? What did you hypothesize right then and there by trying to like, hey, I want to see if this improves. What was it that you wanted to see improve? And then what was it like that very first day when you had your, maybe your, your first person so, and you had to tell them, hey, by the way, <laughs> we're going to try something so, new. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I had, a, you know, I had a really good relationship with my deputies um, uh, back then. Uh, but, but, and so basically I went to them. My section was broken up into five squads. And so on every squad, there was, there was that guy, right? Okay, so not a good driver, backs into stuff. So I basically went to the squad and said, all right, that person's getting a camera and this is why. And we talked about the crashes and it's like, this is what the camera does. If I can offer any piece of advice to any police agency that's thinking about this, be 100% transparent. Don't try to hide the fact of what it does. So 100% transparent. And, um, you know, they didn't like it. Right. Big brother. I mean, it's a camera staring at you inside your car. The other part, remember, for cops, at least for us, because we're solo, that's, that's our world. That's our office. That's, that is everything. So you wouldn't want somebody putting a, a camera in your office, you know, in your, in your office building. And that's yeah, weird. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's right. Right. It's weird. So, so people don't understand that, that, that is our entire world is our car. Everything is in there. So, I mean, you know, they have pictures of their kids and wives. It's, it's their office. So anyway, so it was weird. So we, we kind of picked them based on their driving habits and some previous uh, incidences um, and they were good, you know, they were good troopers about it. They understood, uh, they didn't like it. Um, and then we started getting some of the videos and then they understood more. I mean, we had several, um, I, I remember one in particular younger kid, 100% addicted to his phone. So you, you'd see the video and every time it was from the phone dinging. So when it dinged, you know, I had to see what it was. It was a Facebook or it was an Instagram or I don't even know all of them because I don't have them. But, um, you know, it was a text, whatever it was, it was something and had to pick up the phone, had to pick up the phone. Or you would catch him just driving normally with his phone in his right hand. And I called it his, his, his bookie or his teddy bear. You know, it was like his little teddy bear. Like, <laughs> his bookie. like we're just, you know, we're, we're pretty cops harass each other pretty hard, but yeah, I get it. So for him, it was an eye opener and he realized that he fixed the problem. He put the phone in his back seat and he goes, I'll check it when I get out now. 
So, uh, so he didn't realize the addiction was as hard as it was. Uh, so that was eye opening. Every behavior that everybody else has, we we have them also. We're people, right? We're normal, but we have all the other distractions inside our car that go with it: the radio, the computer, the running code three with the lights and sirens. So we just we have additional items on our plate uh, that the average citizen doesn't have. For that reason, it was even you know it was even more important for me once we started seeing the video. Like this is this is a big deal. Gotcha. So you started noticing it and it sounds like this person in particular with your cell phone incidents, they were really willing to change. Did you ever get any pushback where people like, well, this camera, uh, you know, it's catching. If you had a camera on you, like they use some type of excuse, like you don't understand. I don't know what they would possibly say, but what kind well, of I, I took that you? away because I put one in my car also. Okay. There you go. Lead from the front. <laughs> and let me tell you, uh, it is weird having a camera in your car. There's just no doubt. <laughs> So I, I took that away immediately from them because I, I put one in my car. I realized, even as old as I am, that I had uh, I didn't have the addiction of when it dinged. I had the addiction of um, I'm old and I forget stuff. So when I do remember stuff, I need to do it. I want to do it like right then. Like I'll be I would be driving down the road and going, oh man, I forgot to send Lacey that email. I'd pull it up. I just pull my phone out right then and I type in the email. And I wouldn't type in, hey, call you later. I'll get I'll hook up with you on this. It was a full-on knee driving, two thumbs in. I sent in the whole email. Hi, Lacey. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks. Appreciate it. I'm doing the whole thing, like four paragraphs driving down the dang road. So that was my eye-opener when I saw myself on the own video going, you can't do that. Uh, Well, one, it's illegal. So that's a problem, obviously, for a cop driving. So it fixed my problem. Once again, leaning from the front, I just said, look, I've got the same issue, some of the same issues you guys do. And this camera will help you do it because you don't want to get caught on the camera. You want to, you want to do good, right? You want to look good. You want to make sure everything's right. So it, that the peer pressure part of it does help. And then we have a coaching aspect of it as well. So how did the coaching part start taking place? Was it more one-to-one? Was it more like, I don't know, I'm thinking back to like playing football in high school where it's like everyone's in the same yeah. room, like Albert, you Every see the this? Same room watch, and- watch you miss this. <laughs> and like, uh, Mike you Crab, know. you suck. You're horrible. <laughs> No. Um, so we thought about, we did think about that, but, um, but uh, no, we did not do that. We decided to do one-on-one uh, the supervisor. So since we're divided by squads um, and, you know, average of 10 to 15 deputies on a squad, the sergeant of that squad has the relationship with those people. So uh, with everybody on their own squad. So we put the sergeants in charge of coaching them. And uh, so they would review the video. They would bring them in and go, Hey, I just want to show you this video. They'd go over it. Um, and sometimes they would say that was not a good decision. And then a lot of times what we saw is just progression. It was nice to see the progression, especially in seatbelt use and, and distracted with phones. We saw an increase in seatbelt use and a decrease in the use of phones. And, um, I I can't point to it. I know that mine was peer pressure. I mean, I had the chief deputy looking at my videos, so I had, (laughs) right. So I don't really want the chief deputy of the whole agency looking at my videos and seeing me do something wrong. So I know part of it's peer pressure. I think part of it was coaching where we're telling them, you know, reasons why this is a bad idea and and kind of walking through that. And then uh, we didn't use coaching all the time just for negative too. So if we saw an increased use of seatbelt, we would bring that person in and say, you know, the deputy walk in and go, Oh God, another video. Like, yeah, I just want to let you know, I got two videos in a row. You win your seatbelt, man. I really appreciate it. So this is now the first time you're able to, let's say quantifiably, numerically, with data, statistically, understand what a driver is doing. 
right? So you were able to measure it exactly. before and you were able to measure it a little bit as you guys coached as well, right? Like I think one of our other guests said it best. It's like, you know, rules and regulations don't actually help anybody. It's actually the, the behavior, the discipline against the rule that is actually what changes the behavior. So you have this information. Were you able to then measurably see decreases? You kind of said it, you saw a decrease, but like what was, how big of a decrease did you see? And what was the number, I guess, that made you say, okay, this, this program works. We need to bring it to the rest of the vehicles. What happened is we, we did the, the test evaluation and um, we finished whatever. I forgot what it was a while back. I forgot what it was, maybe 90 days, I think. Mm-hmm. And then we shut it down and we did, the captain and I did a proposal and we sent it up to the sheriff to get, uh, to get looked at. And that takes time. I mean, this is, this is an expenditure. So it, it, it wasn't something we thought would get approved right away. We had a budget for money for it. And all. so we thought it was going to take a while. What we didn't realize was um, that the cameras, we left the cameras in the car, but we thought they were turned off. They're actually turned on. Um, so we're going on, uh, I'm going to say about eight months and we're, we're trying to, we're trying to get, we really thought this program was going to work and it was going to be the right thing to do we're pushing uh, the command staff to, to get it done. And then what happened is Lytics reached out to me and said, we have a video that you need to see. Um, and it was a video of an, of a crash. And like I said, we had no idea that, that they were even on. We weren't watching the website. We weren't doing anything because we thought everything was done. Gotcha. And this, once again, this is number four, this deputy should be dead. So, you know, lost control in the rain. Once again, almost head on with a semi truck. I, I don't know how they, the semi truck did an excellent job of missing her. Um, anyway, broke her hip. I mean, just, she was just a hot mess as far as injuries go. She's back as well. But that video, the sheriff saw that video and said, we got to find the money to make this happen and, and work this. And that's what happened. So I, I credit him for, for doing that and uh, having the foresight to say, let's try something different. That's not the norm for our profession. And we were the first uh, large law enforcement agency in the country to, to start it. What we were paying attention to were behaviors and crashes. Those were the two things that we were trying to pay attention to on, you know, either making our behaviors better. So whatever they were, increased use of seatbelt or, or the decreased use of phones, whatever it was. So we were watching the behaviors really closely and then the crashes. What finally got, got me to the point where I was able to expand the program to all of our uh, patrol division was um, the numbers that showed that we were crashing less with cars that had drive cams in them versus cars that didn't have drive cams. I mean, that's a big deal, right? Obviously. It's a big deal, especially remember in the beginning, I told you that more cops are killed by traffic crashes. Um, so, so it's a big deal. If I can lower the crash numbers, then uh, obviously I'm going to lower injuries. I'm going to lower. I'm going to lower death. So uh, that's kind of that that number that came in. Once again, the sheriff said, "No, you know what? We that this, these numbers are going in the right direction. Let's expand to all of uniform patrol division." That's a different conversation, right? If you can materially see cohort one with the cameras, crashes are down. It's like, okay, this is this is going to help us a correct. lot. Yes, yes, correct. And then now, since then, we've expanded to every every marked car in our fleet. Uh, which is nearly a thousand of them. And how long ago did that occur? Well, we started that five years ago. Has your hypothesis panned out where like these vehicles, total incidents, everything, all the numbers are better than before? Pre-COVID, all our numbers were still heading in the right direction. Um, so our curve was was smaller, you know, like the angle of the, of the downward trend was much smaller because we're more years into it now. So right. we're, we're in a better place, still, still in a good place. Uh, so COVID uh, came and we had to stop all coaching. 
I think we might have overreacted to that a little bit, but because um, I think we still could have coached and kept six feet apart. We could have figured something out, but basically we just kind of cut it all out. Couldn't do group classes to train the new coaches. So, you know, basically since, what, April, we've kind of uh, been slacking on the coaching a little bit. So we have seen a difference too. So we know I can, I can point that coaching works because our numbers are trickling up. Uh, once again, you know, if you're not, if you're not being called out or held accountable for it, then you kind of, it, it kind of just slips. Yeah. It's a two part process, right? Like you said, the technology is just the identifier. The actual person has yeah. to, the behavior is actually within the person. It's not, it's not, no amount of technology can actually do that. Correct. Yeah. The, the person has to decide to do it. And I think we've been really successful with it. Trust me. They still don't like a camera looking at them. Yeah. They've kind of embraced it. And, and towards the end, uh, towards the end of our big rollout where we were, I'm trying to get all the marked cars. So I, I got the first bump and I'm trying to get that next bump to get all marked cars done. Remember earlier, I told you that cops are kind of brutal on each other. So, um, you know, I kept getting videos of this one deputy that I knew was a friend of mine and I would just send him scathing emails about uh, what a horrible driver he was. And, uh, you know, and once again, I'm kidding. Um, so, but he just talking about his seatbelt and stuff like that. So, um, and I said, you got to wear it. You got to wear it. So I would, I would give him a hard time in the beginning and then I'd close it out with, you know, something positive, but you got it. You got to wear it. You got to wear it. And then he had a close call in a near accident, sent me an email and said, you know, I used to laugh at your emails and kind of make fun of you about this whole thing, but this thing's real. I almost got into a really bad crash. I don't think I would have died, but I think I would have been injured. And, um, the first thing I thought about was the video that you're going to see and I got to do better. So that was kind of cool that I got that. That's great. So one of the things that you're in a unique position of, and because you have such different experiences than the rest of us, right? Because you see this many, like the number of traffic violations, obviously, you know, what's happening inside your department. You know, I want to talk to you a little bit about like the future of road safety, because this is something we like to talk about on this show based on your perspective. Let's talk a little about like, where do you see the evolution of traffic safety going, right? Do you think, for example, I mean, it sounds like I know the answer is yes. The yes, the world would be better off if cameras were actually in every driver's car like it was mandatory like could, do you ever do you ever see i mean i don't think it's ever going to pass as a law but so. it's never going to pass as law but like how do you see road safety evolving like do you see technology helping on the citizen side i'll, I'll give you an example there was a, a while back there was like a call to action for hands-free right like some states you can't use your cell phone but you can use hands-free do you think hands-free is helping anything the other side of my job is government affairs for Sheriff, uh, for Sheriff Mina. So I'm, a, I'm up in Tallahassee, our state capitol, fighting for these things to get this legislation changed. So five years ago, we made texting where you, if you were caught texting and driving, you get a ticket for it. But we had to catch you doing something else. So we had to catch you speeding or it was, it was what we call a secondary offense. So I couldn't pull you over just for texting and driving. That was on the books for several years. Two years ago, we got that switch to uh, a main, a uh, first offense. So and I can pull you over just for that. You would have thought I was asking for all of the legislators firstborn and their pensions because of what we were asking for. So, and I just didn't understand uh, as we talked about the dangers of distracted driving and, and all those I testified all the time up there. Um, and in that piece of legislation was included uh, total hands-free. We had to carve out some things for hands-free because they were worried about um, maybe over, overzealous cops. I'm not sure, but so all that to answer your question is that, yes, I do think it does work. You still have to manipulate something, um, even just to get to that. So I'm total hands-free in my car. 
but the police car that I have is an add-on. So it's not as good as the one in my personal car. So my personal car, I can push the green button and say, call my wife. So, and, and I don't even have to pick up my phone. So that, if, if we have that, I think that's going to be our best solution. I do think there's technology in the vehicles, though. We talked about some of the technology being dangerous, but there's some really good technology out there. Automatic braking, the lane departure, the adaptive cruise control. There's a lot of, I'm not going to go down the road of, of the self-driving thing, but <laughs> there is a lot of technology out there that I think is, um, is helpful. And at least certainly a, a reminder that you're doing something you shouldn't be doing to pay, you know, pay a little closer attention. But hands-free definitely helps, especially if it's full hands-free. I want to touch on this, the automated, fully automated driving. Because, uh, I knew you would. Yes. Well, so far, every guest we've had is not a believer. Not, not that it's never going to come, but not in the near-term future. What about you? Based on, you've seen, I mean, you've seen Teslas on the road. You know that they have certain features. You, I think you already mentioned a lot of the other cars have some adaptive features. Is fully autonomous driving going to happen in your lifetime? Do you think? You know, I, I, so I'm one of the, I'm probably in that same boat. I, I mean, I think it's going to happen. The technology advancement has been unbelievable. Um, I just, I don't know if it's going to happen sooner than later. I seem to think later. You know, in our shop, in our profession, we tease. So every Tesla that we pull over for a violation with a self-driver, do we detect it to Elon? <laughs> so we're trying to figure that one out. <laughs> Or the engineer that designed it, does he get the ticket? I don't know. We haven't figured that out yet. But Wait, do people use that excuse like, well, I wasn't driving? <laughs> not yet. Not yet. But that's coming. No, no, that's coming. Where someone's like, I was just riding in the car. I'm actually not driving. Exactly. I mean, I own it, but that's it. They drive. So. Probably closer than, than we realize because we don't have all of the information. Nationwide, I think we're a ways away. I think small, small areas designated for that and designed for that, I think maybe closer than we realize. Gotcha. How about what piece of technology do you wish existed to help improve road safety that doesn't exist today? Like you wish something existed to do this, what would that be? And an advancement in technology that we already have. Okay. So the automatic braking, not only avoiding collisions, especially rear end collisions, but the pedestrian collisions because nobody understands the pedestrian laws that if you're at an intersection, the pedestrian has the right of way and you need to stop. That's how most of them get hit because they think the car has the right of way. So that's a, that would be a perfect example of, you know, the car identifying that there is a person in front of you and you need to stop. And if you don't, it stops for you. Gotcha. Some level of auto automated braking, you know. Yeah, I mean, we have it, but like I said, just a betterment of the technology that we have. That's what I would like. To, that's what I'd like to see. You know, I was thinking about some of the stuff you've been talking about today. My son, I, I kind of mentioned earlier before before we started recording that today's my son's birthday. He's 12. So he's still a few years away from driving a car. And I actually was wondering at beforehand, I was like thinking, um, you know, I wonder if he's ever going to, will he actually drive? Like, because he, we already see there's a propensity of kids to delay driving because of Uber and Lyft and things like that. There's automated driving that seems people keep talking about, like, you know, Tesla, of course, talks about autonomous driving. Now they talked about the $25,000 B vehicle. It's like, oh, it's now more accessible than ever. But now I'm thinking, listening to you, it's like, I, I actually, maybe I want a camera in, on him. You know, <laughs> I put a camera on him. Maybe I can help coach out any of the bad habits. And I wonder if you would. I would tell you, so my, my youngest is 22. Um, so I'm, I'm a few years of, uh, from that experience. <laughs> the scariest part of my entire life. It was more scary than my job. Um, I was watching your teenage kids drive away in their car going, holy crap, I hope they come home. 
Yeah. It is scary. And I would put a camera in my teenager's car in a heartbeat, an absolute heartbeat. And I'm telling you, use the exact same methodologies that you use here. It gives them automatic feedback where they go, holy, I, I didn't realize that I did that. I didn't realize I was doing 100 miles an hour. <laughs> Phone in my hand, whatever it was. But I would put a, a drive cam type camera in my teenager's car in a heartbeat. If we could make that affordable for parents, I think it'd be one of the best things that we could do for teenage driving. Happy birthday to him, by the way. And I hope that he does get the experience of driving. So I'm an old gearhead. I love cars. I love driving cars. So I hope he gets that experience and that we've all had where, you know, hopefully a little older, but you know, that road trip out on the open road, windows down, listen to some great music. So I hope he gets that experience. Yeah, me too as well. You know, you mentioned also before you help pass legislation that improves road safety for everybody. You mentioned the cameras. Do you think there's ever going to be a time where uh, maybe the insurance companies get together and they say, hey, we'll offer you discounted insurance if you install one of these uh, driver monitor systems? Uh, Because I think about like the other thing is also insurance for a 16 year old boy is astronomically high. It's got to be rising. I don't know what the rate is because I don't have a kid yet, (laughs) but I know it's going to be a huge number. Yes, it is. And I don't work for the insurance industry, but it's justified. The high rates are justified by by uh, by the statistics. So they've, they've proven that, that they do crash more often. Um, you know, I think we, we've already we already have it. Uh, there's several big insurance companies that offer that plug into the computer so that they can get a download of of your acceleration, your braking, your speeds, those type of things. And they offer a discount if you fall within a certain threshold for whatever that is. Do I think they would they would do it with cameras? I think so. I think you see other behaviors. I think it's perfect for the insurance industry to offer a discount on on the teenage driving versus the adult driving. So you install this camera in your teenager's car, and we're going to give you a significant decrease as we see his his or her behaviors get better. For the people out there that do not have children, I'm going to say a rate, but I know the number's higher. But I, I think it's you know my insurance annually for myself and my wife, we pay like around twelve hundred bucks a year. I, if I'm not mistaken. A 16-year-old boy is going to be like 5000 Mine's 22. So eight years ago, his was $4,200 a year. Yeah. So I'm, I'm adjusting for a little inflation. Yeah. So 4200 years. So yeah, 4X. And that's no ticket assessment or nothing. That's just, bam, I got my license. I can drive by myself. And here's the added insurance to your car. Yeah. So that's, I mean, it's pretty significant. Like <laughs> having, having a teenage driver is, is no joke. Yeah, I had multiple teenage drivers in my household at one time. Uh, I have three kids. One was was out, but so I had two at one time, and uh, my insurance bill was eleven hundred dollars a month for car insurance. <laughs> car insurance. I was like, oh my goodness. I know. That's why I told my son. I was like, yeah, I think I'm just going to give you a lift budget, and you just <laughs> and you just Uber and lift <laughs> around. <laughs> It might work. Might work. But think of how, how how ridiculous of a thought that is. You know, yeah, you're actually better off just getting in cars with strangers whenever you want. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's a whole another podcast. <laughs> well, Mike, man, I appreciate you sharing some of the stories of what you've gone through and saw on the cameras, improving fleet safety for the Orange County Sheriff's team. I appreciate you joining us on the show. Did you have a good time? Absolutely. Yeah, I did. I really appreciate you talking about this stuff. This it's important. And the more we get it out, the more we talk about it, the more people hopefully will uh, change their behavior. There you go. One last thing. If you could say anything to a person in another police department in another county that is on the fence about doing this, what would you tell them? It's the hardest project you'll ever take on and the most rewarding at the end when you save somebody's life. There you go. 
Nerd are here. Mike Crab, thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Have a great day. The Fleet is presented by our friends at Lytics, the award-winning video telematics and fleet management solution. Trusted by more than 4,000 fleets worldwide, Lytics is the next generation of fleet technology. Help drivers address risky driving behaviors like cell phone use, speeding, and inattentive behind the wheel, all while harnessing the power of video and data to thrive in today's competitive environment. From safety to compliance to fleet tracking, Lytics technology offers the industry's most comprehensive and customizable fleet management platform. Go to lytics.com slash the fleet to learn more today. That's L-Y-T-X dot com slash the fleet.